Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu from the podcast team at Qalam. We wanted to wish you a very blessed Ramadan. This month you can expect daily uploads that will include reflections, khatiras and khutbas all from our new campus Alhamdulillah. If you benefit from this content, please give generously at supportqalam.com. 100% of your donations goes towards the means of providing accessible Islamic knowledge to people around the world. Jazakumullah khairan for listening. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihin ladhin astafa. Khususan ala sayyidi rusuli wa khatimil anbiya wa ala alihi laskiya wa ashabihi latqiya. Amma ba'd. At the beginning of Surah Al-Anbiya in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shares a very powerful message. اِقْتَرَبَ لِلنَّاسِ حِسَابُهُمْ وَهُمْ فِي غَفْلَةٍ مُعْرِذُونَ That the accountability of the individual of mankind has approached, it has come nearby. وَهُمْ فِي غَفْلَةٍ مُعْرِذُونَ And they continue to turn away in heedlessness. مَا يَأْتِيهِمْ مِنْ ذِكْرٍ مِنْ رَبِّهِمْ مُحْدَثٍ إِلَّا اسْتَمَعُوهُ وَهُمْ يَلْعَبُونَ لَاهِيَةً قُلُوبُهُمْ That the state of mankind is such that no matter how great the reminder and, and message is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are distracted. Their hearts are not focused. The world we live in is set perfectly for this heedlessness, which we refer to in Arabi as ghafla. Shaitan keeps throwing things at people. There are concerns that we have that are necessary in our life that keep us focused on certain tasks. But in today's world, we have become the product for every business. And the business that is most successful in today's market is the one that can win your attention. So when people market their products these days, they're just not focusing on what their product can do. They're showing you a dream of how this product will improve your life. So now you begin to think that with this particular um, new gadget, with this new application, with this new phone, with this new car, what, what, what change will come into my life? And how amazing my life will become? And a person then spends hours and hours just doing research on the product and as soon as you finish one episode of this, you enter into the next. And then you enter into the next. Everywhere you go, these ads are popping up in our face and every one of them wants one thing, they want our attention. Netflix is panicking because their stock fell because so many people left their platform. This means people are spending less time on our platform, they're gone somewhere else, we need to win them back. This state of ghafla that we are in, heedlessness, it starts off as being passive. A person has a goal they need to accomplish and they get distracted. They have to write a paper and then something else catches their eye and they get lost and that's it, they're gone. This is what I call passive ghafla. A person intends to read Quran, that's their goal. Today, I'm going to do some Quran recitation inshallah. On the way to reciting the Quran or on the way to the masjid, something else comes up. They go to fill up gas, when they fill up gas, they realize the tire pressure is low, they go to adjust the tire pressure, they realize when light isn't working, and then they get caught with the day and salah time passes by, or the window that they had allocated for Quranic recitation passes by. You oversleep, ghafla. 
you miss the salah. But when a person continues to get caught in this trap of ghafla again and again, what ends up happening is it goes from being passive to now being active. Now someone says to you, why don't we go to the masjid and pray? And you actively say, no, I'm not interested in that. I'm going to go do something else. I'm going to go to the gym because I think there's more benefit in that for me than going to the masjid. Hey, beta, why don't you pick up the Quran and read some Quran today? No, mama, I'm going to go do something else. So now you actively avoid it. This is a very dark place to be. There is a uh, coma the human being enters into when they become desensitized to the call of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not just a matter of passive ghafla. Now they are intentionally turning away. The Prophet ﷺ teaches us in a hadith as narrated by Abdullah bin Umar an, Imam Bayhaqi narrates it in his Da'wat al-Kabir. The Prophet ﷺ said, لِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ سَقَالَةٌ وَسَقَالَةُ الْقُلُوبِ ذِكْرُ اللَّهِ That for everything there is a polishing. When you have a shoe, it's a nice fancy evening wear shoe. If it just sits in, on your shelf or in the shoe rack, it gets a little dusty. So before you go to a nice event, you take the shoe off and you polish it a little. So that way it becomes pretty again. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is telling us that sometimes your hearts need some polishing. You need to buff them a little. لِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ سَقَالَةٌ وَسَقَالَةُ الْقُلُوبِ ذِكْرُ اللَّهِ That when your heart needs a little polishing, what you do is, you exit the state of heedlessness, and the opposite of heedlessness is dhikr, remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That you take heed and you take refuge and you find safety in the remembrance of Allah. Whenever shaitan wants to attack a person in any way at all, the first thing he needs to do is disarm that individual. If you're in combat with someone and the other person is holding a weapon, you need to disarm that person, right? Either you run away, which is one option, you just run away the other direction of shaitan, you keep avoiding shaitan, but ultimately shaitan's gonna catch up. And when he catches up, you have to disarm him. And shaitan's goal is to disarm you. So how does shaitan disarm the individual? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us not in one place, but so many places in the Quran. Again and again, the Quran tells us that when shaitan wants to attack someone, the first thing he needs to do is take this person to a place of ghafla, distract them. As long as they're in a place of ghafla, it's easy for shaitan to make his move. So Rasulullah is teaching us that you have to correct, you have to overcorrect, you have to make sure that you are going above and beyond to deal with these attacks of shaitan. The solution, the Prophet says, that remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Stay in the remembrance of Allah Azza wa Jal. The Prophet ﷺ in one hadith he tells us, Should I not inform you of the best of deeds? That should I not tell you of a thing that is so great, the best of deeds, most pure in the sight of Allah, better than spending gold and silver in the path of Allah. It has more virtue than even meeting your enemy in the battlefield. They said, of course, a messenger of Allah tell us. 
Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When the Sahaba lined up for battle, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed in the Quran, they were ready. The kuffar are standing in front of them. The Muslims are lined up here shoulder to shoulder. Death for someone lies there, either the enemy or for them. And in this last moment before the swords clash and people go into the battlefield, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Ya amanu idha fi'atan Stand firm, remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Perhaps you will be successful. Success comes when a person remembers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Any success without the remembrance of Allah is a success that isn't worth anything. And any difficulty or success that comes in company of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is worth more than anything this world has to offer. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises the Sahaba who stood in the battle of Badr and describes the five characteristics that gave them victory that day, what were those characteristics that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talk about there? their muscle mass, did he talk about their agility, did he speak of their stamina? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't talk about how much protein they, uh, they, 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 they consumed every day. Rather in Surah Al-Anfal, which was revealed at the time of the Battle of Badr, the opening verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ إِذَا ذُكِرَ اللَّهُ وَجِلَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ وَإِذَا تُلِيَتْ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتُهُ زَادَتْهُمْ إِيمَانًا Number two, وَعَلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ Number three, الَّذِينَ يُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَاةَ Number four, وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ Five things, أُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ حَقَّى These are true believers. And it was based off of these five things that Allah granted them victory. What are they? الَّذِينَ إِذَا ذُكِرَ اللَّهُ وَجِلَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ These were people that when the name of Allah was mentioned or when dhikr occurred, there was a kafiyah, there was an occurrence in their heart. Something happened. They were so connected to the name of Allah that just by hearing it, a change occurred. How is it possible that the name of Allah, the word Allah can be mentioned and every fiber of your existence doesn't jump in joy because this name is greater than everything that was ever created. Our Shaykh Rahimahullah once said, and it wasn't necessarily a fiqhi ruling, but it was more of a statement that he said in the moment. He said, should I tell you the greatest sin that a human being can ever commit? We said, sure, Shaykh, tell us. So Shaykh Yusuf then said to us, to say Allah's name without love. How can a human being dare do such a thing? How can you say that name in vain? How can you say that name without focus? How can a person say Allahu Akbar and not just at least be attentive in that moment, be there? Do you know whose name you're saying? Do you understand what this name means? Do you understand the power of the one whose name you're invoking? Their hearts tremble. When verses are revealed, are, are recited, their faith increases. They rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They establish their prayer and give from the wealth that Allah gave them. They are the true believers. Dhikr is a, is a central part. When someone says to me that, Shaykh, I struggle with focusing in my salah, I, f I struggle with focusing in my tilawa, I tell that person, look, there are two ways that we can have this conversation. We can have it the easy way, which is me telling you to re 
align your attention and to avoid any distractions and to come to the masjid earlier and let the wild thoughts that are cooking in your mind flow out before you start your salah, give yourself a cool off period. Or we can talk about a solution that'll require a little bit more work. But this is mujarrab and tested and it will change the kayfiyah of your salah. I'll put my money on it. What is that? You have to increase your dhikr throughout the 24 hour day. You have to increase it. Do, choose a dhikr. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Afdalu dhikri la ilaha illallah, rawahu tirmidhi. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, the best form of dhikr is la ilaha illallah. Keep doing this dhikr. Do it abundantly, do it frequently, do it with the present of your heart, do it consistently. Your heart has to be present. You can't just be saying things and not mean it. And you need to do it with consistency. The Prophet ﷺ tells us the power of this statement, La ilaha illallah. He said, Man kana akhiru kalamihi, La ilaha illallah, dakhal al jannah. Whoever's last utterance in this world is La ilaha illallah will enter into paradise. If you ask why, how is this a solution? Well, it's because when you do dhikr of Allah regularly, frequently, you develop presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you're doing it with your heart, you're learning to focus on the presence of Allah, ihsan, istihdar, that closeness to Allah throughout your 24-hour day. And the more you do this, like we said the other day, practice makes perfect. You keep doing it again and again and again. I'm not talking about five, 10 days. I'm talking about months and years. That now you've developed that tazkiyah, you've developed that spirituality. When you come to salah, you're not doing something unfamiliar. Now you're doing something that is very familiar, but you're very much more focused because of the way Rasulullah taught us to pray salah. What's happening is that we have people that are in ghafla 24 hours a day, and they're trying to be in a state of dhikr for a few minutes a day. They are bound to fail. You won't be able to grow much. Give yourself an honest assessment that in the last 10 years, how much focus have I increased in my salah? Obviously, salah is not a failed model. It has to offer solutions and it needs to offer growth. The problem is that it isn't paired with dhikr. When a person pairs salah with dhikr that happens throughout the day, and you engage in that remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the results that you will find are profound. مَنْ كَانَ آخِرُ كَلَامِهِ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Whoever's last utterance is لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ will enter into paradise. What a powerful statement. No statement has ever been said by any man, any human being that is more truthful than this statement. La ilaha illallah. There is no God but Allah. Our shaykh used to say that when you say this statement, la ilaha illallah, focus. And while you're focusing as you say la ilaha, which is negation, it translates as there is no God. In that moment, you should turn to your heart and imagine when you say la ilaha, that you are yanking and pulling everything out of your heart that you have ever loved. Anything you've ever desired, from your own family, to your own children, to your own business, to your wealth, and maybe you'll be strong enough to even pull yourself out of that heart. And then you say the second part, illallah but Allah. Ya Allah, the only being that's worthy of residing in this heart is you. You created it for yourself. I've loved everyone else in this home and unfortunately, there's no longer any space for you. So now it's eviction time. La ilaha, la ilaha, everyone out. One by one, everyone out. 
as Khaja Aziz al-Hassan Majzub said, and I've quoted this poem before, one of the most beautiful lines of poetry, Imana Tanvi rahmatullahi alayhi, when he heard this line, he said, if I had one lakh rupees, I would give it to you right now, on this one line of yours. And what did he say? He said, Har tamanna dil se rukhsat ho gai, ab to aja, ab to khalwat ho gai. That, oh Allah, I have sent everything that I've ever desired out of my heart. It's taken me time, but I've done it. Har tamanna dil se rukhsat ho gai. Every dream, every desire has now been sent off. The house is empty. Ab to aja, ab to khalwat ho gai. Ya Allah, now arrive into my heart because it's empty. It'll just be the two of us. I'll serve you, I'll love you, I'll remember you, I'll do your sajda. Nothing will stop me from loving you ever again. Ab to aja, ab to khalwat ho gai. Ek tum se kya muhabbat ho gai, saari dunya se adawat ho gai. Jo honi thi meri halat ho gai, khayre ke dunya ko ibrat ho gai. He's continuing his conversation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ya Allah, when I've fallen in love with you, I've lost interest with everything else. This is what happens when a person does dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Your worldview changes. This is where tazkiyah is made. When a person spends time every day. And the beautiful thing about dhikr, you don't need to be in any specific place or position. You don't need to go to a location for dhikr. You can do this dhikr while you're driving a car. You can do this dhikr while you're in between tasks at work. You can do this dhikr if you're standing in line for your lunch. You can do this dhikr while you're walking from one class to another class in the hallway. You can do this dhikr while you're walking from your car to the doors of the masjid. You can do this dhikr right before you drink your tea or after you have your meal. Anytime you want. It's just your moment to call Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala into your heart. And focus on that remembrance of Allah Azza wa Allah is my witness. If there was no other virtue in the Qur'an or in the hadith regarding dhikr other than this one ayah, it was enough. There's one ayah of the Qur'an, not even the whole ayah, just a part of it. If there was no other virtue of dhikr other than this, kafa, that was it. There was nothing else needed. And that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying, فَذْكُرُونِي أَذْكُرْكُمْ Ah, you remember me, I'll remember you. On one hand, you have Allah who is so worthy of being remembered. On the other hand, you have the insan that is not worthy of it at all. But Allah is saying that, إِن ذَكَرَنِي فِي نَفْسِهِ ذَكَرْتُهُ فِي نَفْسِهِ وَإِن ذَكَرَنِي فِي مَلَئٍ ذَكَرْتُهُ فِي مَلَئٍ خَيْرٍ مِّنْ he remembers me in his heart, I remember him in mine. He takes the courage to remember me in a gathering, I will remember him in a gathering that's better than his. And a point comes where your name is mentioned so frequently in the heavens that the malaika then wait for that person's arrival. Rasulullah tells us that when a righteous soul leaves the world and it's taken into the heavens, as they cross to the heavens, the malaika ask, who is it? And when the person has identified as a righteous servant, they say, we've heard of this person and have waited for his arrival. Open the doors. Ma'roofun fi majhurun fil And known to the people of the earth, but that's okay. Very well known to the people of the heavens. This is dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa tells us, the example of the one who remembers Allah, 
against the one who does not remember Allah. It's like the living and dead. A heart that doesn't have Allah's remembrance, it's like that of a dead person. The person that has the remembrance of Allah, they are like a living person. Dhikr of Allah has unfortunately left our families. It's left our communities. It's left our individual practices. The bar is so low that if someone prays their salah, we are willing to say that this person is a righteous human being. And that's a great accomplishment. Keep doing it if you're doing it. But we need to raise that bar a little bit more. In Arabic, they say, Man ahabba shay'an akthara dhikrahu. That if a person loves something, when a person loves something or someone, they remember it abundantly. Like a person who likes cars. The moment someone says the name of a car, some fancy European car, there's a smile that appears on their face. Someone who likes sports, and if you say the, you know, you mention any reference to that sport, their ear is caught right away, and they're very much engaged because this is something that their heart loves. It's not that the heart doesn't have the ability to love. It's that we've allowed it and trained it to love everything other than Allah. And therefore, Rasulullah while listing the seven people who will be granted shade on the Day of Judgment, he said, رَجُلٌ ذَكَرَ اللَّهَ تَعَالَىٰ خَالِيًا فَفَاضَتْ عَيْنَاهُ A one that remember, a person that remembers Allah خَالِيًا خَالِيًا can either mean that his heart is empty of any thought other than Allah, or it can mean that he is alone and no one else is by him. Just alone. No showing off, no riya, nothing. Just him and his moment. فَفَاضَتْ عَيْنَاهُ And in that moment, what overcomes that individual causes tears to flow from their eyes. Because the love of Allah has touched them. The remembrance of Allah has entered into their lives. This is what needs to happen. This is the change that needs to occur. Oh Allah, make us from those who remember you abundantly. I'm going to end today with a dua that was taught by Rasulullah to one of his very dear and beloved companions, someone very close to him. Nabi taught this dua to a young man, Mu'ad ibn Jabal. The Prophet ﷺ said, after every salah, read this dua. Allahumma a'inni ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husni ibadatik. Oh Allah, help me in remembering you. I want to remember you, but I need your help to do it. Shaitan's force is too strong. Wa shukrika, because when a person remembers Allah, the result of that is gratitude. Because you feel the presence of Allah. And when a person is overwhelmed by gratitude, the only way for them to convey that gratitude to Allah is through worshiping Allah wa husni ibadatik. All three are connected. Allahumma a'inni ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husni ibadatik. The Prophet ﷺ was a person of dhikr. Every moment, every day, for every posture, for every movement, there was a dhikr that he had. When he wakes up in the morning, he's not interested in anything until he remembers Allah first. When he goes to sleep, he remembers Allah. When he eats, he remembers Allah. With every morsel remembering Allah, with every sip remembering Allah. While elevating to a high place, Allahu Akbar, while descending down saying, Subhanallah. When Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam shakes someone's hand, there's a dua there. 
When he's looking in the mirror, there's a dua there. All these duas show us the state of remembrance Rasulullah was in. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless our hearts with dhikr and cast away from us this shadow of ghafla that hangs on us and our families and allow our houses to be places of dhikr and may He allow the benefit of that dhikr to exist in our hearts and then transfer into every facet of our life. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa